saying tonight, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. There are uh, a lot of times we take our senses for granted. Uh, One of the senses that, you know, we uh, should learn to appreciate is smell. You know, smells have a way of bringing memories back uh, to us. They have ways of making us feel certain ways, depending if something smells good or whether it smells you know, bad. Uh, you know, one of the, uh, I remember that uh, Mitch Russell used to wear the same aftershave as my grandpa did. So whenever I'd uh, be near Brother Mitch, I would remember uh, my grandpa. Um, after he died, so, um, and so you know, smell is an important thing. And Paul asks us and reminds us as we look at uh, these few verses in Second Corinthians chapter two that it is important that we, as God's people, smell like Jesus. And so, I want to ask you: How do you smell? Are you smelling like Jesus, or are you smelling like something else? Verse 12 says, Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach uh, Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus, my brother. But taking my leave of them, I departed for Macedonia. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ, among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one who we are the aroma of death leading to death, and the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, as so many peddling the the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. There in just these few verses, Paul mentions aroma and smell several times. Uh, A reminder to us that when Christ has changed our life, we can't hide it. There's no such thing... As a closet Christian, we can't uh, be Christian on Sunday and then not be Christian on Monday. If we're a Christian on Sunday, we also have to be a Christian on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as well as on Sunday. And so Paul is making the point to the church at Corinth which remember lived Corinth was a it was an evil sinful city kind of like Columbus Georgia in Phoenix City Alabama there, there's always been sin in every city since Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden of Eden it's been plaguing us hasn't it And so Paul makes the point that we can't hide who we are in Christ. 
the Bible, not only here in 2 Corinthians, but in several places in the Old and New Testament, the Bible talks about aroma and aromas that please the Lord. Well, it talks about uh, the aroma of offerings that are brought to the temple being a, a pleasing smell to the Lord. And so, what smells should the Christian be giving off? What should you smell like? Well, I think there's three things. So, let's talk about Amir uh, tonight. The first is three smells. The first is the aroma of sincerity. If there's one thing that should characterize the children of God, it is sincerity. Paul ended this change. He said, listen, we are not preaching the gospel for gain. We, pastors do not get in the ministry for money. If we were in it for money, we'd been gone a long time ago. Preachers don't get rich most of the time. Unless you're on TV and you're begging people for airplanes and stuff like that. Um, if you all want to buy me an airplane, I'll I'll put it to use, uh, but I suspect we can find other things to do use that money for better. But he basically said, listen, we are not peddling the gospel of Christ. In other words, we are not giving you a message to build ourselves up. There are a lot, especially if you're up in the middle of the night, like we all are sometimes, you turn the TV on, there are always those crazy infomercials selling something. Either a gadget you don't need, or a piece of clothing you don't need, or, you know, a dog collar that you don't need, something you don't need, in other words. And a couple of times, they've gotten me. And I said, ooh, I've got to have that, so I've ordered it. And when it's come, you know what? It was a piece of junk. It didn't do what it was supposed to. And so I, I learned my lesson the hard way. Uh, and Leslie's made sure that I sleep at night so I'm not watching any of those infomercials uh, and ordering stuff. Uh, but you can't, you know, those uh, infomercial fellas, you know, uh, gain a lot of money. Uh, and, that's their big, and that's what they're in it for. But Paul says if you want to, you know, being a Christian and being in ministry, which all Christians are called to be ministers... You don't do it for money. You don't do it for gain. You do it because Jesus Christ has changed your life. You know, there are, uh, the big deal about these days is those uh, earpods, the, the AirPods, the Apple um, headphones that you wear that are wireless. You put in and they connect to your phone and so forth. They're expensive. They're over $100. But there's some knockoff versions, $20 or $30, that are supposedly, they say, but works just as well. Guess what? They don't. There's a reason why AirPods are $150 and those Cracker Jack box ones are $20. They don't work as well, and they're not the same. And so Paul says, listen, you make sure above all else 
don't just make sure that you're not giving off body odor spiritually, but you make sure that you're giving off the aroma of sincerity. Because not only does God know the intent of our heart, Scripture says God knows whether we're fibbing or playing games, people can spot it too. We all know people who make the statement. It's an excuse, but it's one people use, and there's some legitimacy to it. They say, well, I'd be a Christian, but Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites. They say one thing, and they live something else. Paul says, Jesus said, the Bible says, and we all know it to be true that if we want to make an impact for Christ, we have to live a life of sincerity. We can't be two-faced about it. We've got to decide, if you will, using uh, an Old Testament analogy, we've got to decide what side of the fence we're going to be on. You remember Joshua, when he died, called the nation of Israel together and said, listen, how long are you going to straddle the fence? How long are you going to halt between two opinions? If serving Baal is who you want to serve, then you go on and you serve it. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he said to them, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. And you remember, they all they cried, Joshua, we're going to serve the Lord. And for a minute, they did. But you remember, it wasn't very long. They were back to their idol-making ways. And so it is important that we give off an aroma of sincerity. That we recognize and we let people know, hey, listen, we are not perfect. We're forgiven. And that makes all the difference. Now, that doesn't mean that we just go on sinning. Again, I think we mentioned Wednesday night or maybe last Sunday sometime recently when Paul asked the question in Romans chapter 6, what shall we say to these things? Shall we continue to sin that grace may more abound? God forbid, Paul says. Certainly not. We don't want to cheapen God's grace. And when we live insincere lives, that's exactly what we do. We cheapen God's grace. We make God's grace and we make our salvation like those $20 AirPods. When Jesus died and paid for the real thing. Then Paul secondly says that not only should we give off the aroma of sincerity, but we must give off the aroma of service. Paul says, listen, I didn't do it for me. It's not about me. It's not about my wants. It's about helping others, proclaiming the message and the gospel of Paul. That's not what he says. Look at what he says. He says the gospel of of Christ. And when I had opportunity to proclaim that gospel, I took advantage of it. He said, even though I didn't really want to, I was worried about Titus. God had called me to Macedonia. We remember from the book of Acts that uh, great calling out to Paul in a dream, come to us and help us. And Paul went. 
And because of Paul's obedience, the gospel spread and the church grew. And so he says, listen, it is because we of service. So we've got to give off this, this fragrance of Christ comes by serving others, not being insincere, but also not being self-absorbed. Recognizing it's not about us. It's about making much of Christ. In the American church, we've gotten the false sense that church is for what we get out of it. And we certainly do get something out of church, don't we? I know you do, or else you wouldn't come. We're the Sunday night crowd. We're the, the faithful few. Lots of other things we could be doing. There's probably a race or a ball game or a football game or something on television we could be watching. We can't be outside fishing because of a thunderstorm. But there's other things we could be doing. But it's not about us. And our Christian life really is not about us. It's about making much of God, understanding that this life and our objective ought to be about Him. And pleasing Him foremost. And what pleases Him more than anything else, as we talked about this morning, is what? Our sanctification. And how do we grow in sanctification? We serve others. It is one thing to say you believe in missions and that you support missions, but when you give your money to missions, then you really believe in missions. And when you go on a missions trip to, you know, whether it's children's home like we're going next month or, you know, Africa or wherever it might be, it changes you. And part of how it changes you is you recognize that God can use even you and even me. How many of us have been like Moses? Now, I'm not talking that we've gone to kings and said, let my people go. I'm talking about before then. When God called Moses from that burning bush, you remember in Exodus chapter 3? He said, God, you must be looking for somebody else. You certainly aren't looking for me. God said, no, I'm looking for you. I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. And he said, God, I'm slow of speech. I, I'm timid and you know, I, I'm not the one that you want to send. So God said, well, you go and take your brother Aaron and Aaron will be your mouthpiece. He said, well, Lord, people, you know, we go. Who shall I tell them? You know, I don't, they're not going to believe me. And with each, objection, with each assignment, Moses made an excuse. Mankind's very good at coming up with excuses. That old Kingsman song, I've listened to it sometimes on my phone. Uh, excuses, excuses, you hear them every day. The devil, he'll supply them if from church you stay away. We come up with some doozies of excuses. 
Now, there are some legitimate reasons we have to miss church. If you got the flu, we don't want you here. You stay home and keep your germs to yourself. But let us know that you're sick so we can be praying for you. But keep your germs to yourself. Or work, you know, other things might, you know, come up. And you just can't be here. That's one thing, but it is something totally different when you miss church and you just don't care and it doesn't bother you. That's a sign that there's something not right. And say, well, the Lord's called us to maybe do something. And you've said, Lord, I'm too old. Lord, I'm too young. Lord, I'm too fat. I'm too short. I'm too tall. We, we come up with some lists of why we can't do something. And I think Paul would remind us, you may not can do it, but God can do it through you. And what a great fragrance that gives off when God uses weak vessels that people don't think can do very much and accomplish great things through them. God does it all the time. He does it in my life. He does it in your life. God will use us. And that is an aroma of Christ that we give off when we serve others. But then another smell that we give off is a smell of success. Not success the way the world defines success. Not that we'll have shiny cars and big houses and fancy swimming pools. But that God's will will be accomplished in us and through us. And that we'll find eternal life. He said, listen, the gospel message to those that are perishing, to those that refuse it, to those that reject it, it smells like death. If you've smelled something rotting in the cab, I've never smelt the dead human being, a body. But I sure smelt the dead squirrel that died in the attic at the church. And I knew something had died. I called David and I said, something's died in this church. We got to do something about it. And we called the Jared's pest man. He came and found what the problem was. And took care of it, got rid of it, and guess what the smell of that? That wasn't a good smell. I didn't want to keep it around. But then there's good smells like flowers, fresh cut grass. I love the smell of fresh cut grass. The smell after a good rain. When we go outside, we'll smell the rain. I like that smell. Paul says, though, that for those that are being saved and those that are serving, the smell is not of one of decay. It's one of life. Now, sometimes... Life doesn't smell all that good. Newborn babies are not pretty. They're ugly and stinky and covered in grossness. But nobody ever says, ooh, yuck. What just came out of you? What do they say? 
Oh, look at that little darling David. He just looks just like you. And why is that? Because even though it's wrinkly and yucky until it gets you know cleaned up and it's life is a wonderful blessed thing is it messy yeah it's messy most disgusted leslie and i would not make good farmers we fostered a dog a few years ago that was pregnant and that was one of the most disgusting things I had ever seen in my life. I called Leslie at school and I said, I think I'm going to lose my lunch. Hurry and get home. But what a precious thing. I thought it was gross when they popped out. I knew it was gross when Milka ate the yuck. And it was really gross when she ate their poop and beef for the first few days. That's gross. And yet, it also is beautiful. Because through that that nastiness, life came. And Paul says that's what the smell of success according to God is. It's not the smell of money. It's not the smell of a new car or a new house or new carpet. It's the smell of new life in Christ. It's a smell of eternal life because of what Christ has done for us. It's a smell of knowing that despite what might come in this life, that we have victory because of what Christ did for us and because of who we are in him. Not who we are on our own, but who we are in him. And so because of who we are in him, we don't give off our own smell. We give off the smell of Christ. Now when you start smelling yourself as a human being talking now, what does that mean? Uh, It means either you need to take a bath or you forgot the deodorant that day. You need to go take care of that. But just as we can smell it after we've worked out, you know, we've gotten a little sweaty and, you know, we need a shower, we should be able to smell Christ coming out of our life. In other words, we should be able to sense it. It should be oozing out of us. And smell, by the way, doesn't just keep itself contained to us, does it? If we can smell ourselves, guess what? Everybody else around you can smell you too. And they don't appreciate any more needed. But the aroma of Christ, that sweet-smelling, wonderful aroma of Christ, everybody around you should be able to smell it. Everybody around you ought to be impacted by it. Because, you see, smell is something you can't cheat, you know, You can reject Christ or receive him, but guess what? It's like the aroma of baked bread. That's one of my favorite smells. I love the smell of of 
fresh baked bread. And when that bread is baked, man, it fills up your whole house. It even fills up the outside. And it's a good, wonderful smell. And it should make you smile if you're not, you know, gluten intolerant. That's getting to be a thing anymore. That's the way our reputation and we should be around Christ should emanate from us. So when we interact with people, they may not receive the gospel and get saved, but they're going to know that Jesus loves them because Jesus loves us. And that they're going to know that God's concerned about them because we've been concerned about them and we share that message with them. And so that's what God calls us to do. So my prayer is that we will smell like Jesus, a sweet aroma. Because if he's a sweet aroma to us, that means we have eternal life. That means he's giving us life. But if Jesus is a stench to us, that also means something. It means we're heading down another path and need to make a U-turn, doesn't it? And so Paul reminds us, hey, listen, it matters how you smell spiritually, just like it matters how you smell physically. And we'll leave that at that. Let's stand together and be dismissed in prayer. Remember the announcements. Remember Wednesday night, 7 o'clock.